Welcome to the dark forest Jackie and her pals will never bore us Shameless confessions about our obsessions Will make us laugh and smile So let's explore the dark forest And dork down for a while Hey, it's Jackie Cation. Welcome to the Dork Forest. You know the websites, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, TheDorkForest.com, FamilyPetAncestry.com. You're probably already there. Let's do the credits. Mike Rickberg composed and sang that song with his wife, Sarah, that you just heard. He's going to sing his version of the Mexican hat dance at the end of the program. Patrick Brady is going to fix this audio, and Vilmos works on JackieCation.com the website. There are many ways to support the show. The Amazon link is one. You can use an Amazon link from JackieCation.com or DorkForest.com to go to Amazon. You order like normal and it supports the show. There is a straight up donation button, PayPal or Venmo to this uh, email address that is mine, Jackie at JackieCation.com, where you can just donate to the show if you like the show a lot. I think PayPal has figured out a way to do a monthly. If you want to go monthly, please do. Other ways to support the show if you want to is you can buy merch. There's Dork Forest t-shirts and all the shirts are union made here in America. So they run a little big. Union Bayside. So if you want to look up their size chart. And then the other merch is my stand-up merch. On JackieCation.com, you can watch me do stand-up. You can look at my schedule and the stand-up merch, a couple of different t-shirts, couple of different enamel pins, and all my CDs and my DVD. If you want to live stream my DVD, it's over there at ComedyFilmNerds.com. They have a live streaming capability, or you can get a hard copy of the DVD on my website. Oh, there are premium episodes at Bandcamp. TheDorkForest.Bandcamp.com has probably 10 episodes that were done live. They cost me a couple of bucks to make, so I charge you a couple of bucks. If you've run out of regular episodes, go over to TheDorkForest.Bandcamp.com and get some more. Other than that, I say this. Let's get into the show. Hey, it's Jackie Cash from In My Living Room. A return guest, Dan Telfer, friend of the people. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm glad I'm a friend of the people. You talked dinosaurs many moons ago. I did. It's a bit that will haunt me to my grave. I enjoy the it's bit. A but it's a signature bit. Uh, that's how it is with signature bits. That will haunt you. <laughs> I know. It will <laughs> yell things. It, I remember there. I had a um, Jared at the Comedy Attic in like 2000, oh, right. 2012-ish. Uh, he was like... He's like, oh, I've been telling a lot of people you're going to do the dinosaur bit. And I was like, oh, I, I, I can do it. I wasn't planning on doing it. And he's like, what? Why not? And I was like, well, because well, well, it's it's at this point, it's like five years old. And I just, I'm trying to record a new hour. And he was like, I just don't understand why you wouldn't do some people like. And he got very huffy with me. Well, that's because it was, uh, in, in, it was a long time ago, right? It was like 10, 15 years ago, right? Uh, when we were at the attic yes, together. Yes. Yeah. Back when and, it was a funny bone. And it was brand, it was before I even played it then. Yes. Um, and he didn't. I I think Jared has learned a lot about stand up comedy in the last twelve <laughs> That's why years, he and hasn't he doesn't. Me <laughs> well, no, I think it just he hasn't. Uh, I think he uh, uh, he has other things to say besides talk about uh, the your favorite bit from five years. Oh, earlier. sure. Well, he's running it much much more efficiently now. Yeah, I think he. It's a learned skill, and I think he learned something. So. Um, <laughs> God knows. He loved to give me a hard time. Dan Telfer, by the way, is a stand-up comic. You may or may not know uh, Rangers of the Dork Forest. Uh, you'll remember him from the dinosaur episode from many moons ago. But here's a scoop. Uh, it's at Dan Telfer. Sure that's is. where it all. That's where it's all happening. You, we had Brian Posehn. We. Who's we? 
Tiberius passed away very sadly. You and your entourage. Yeah, yeah. Me and my entourage in this living room. Uh, <laughs> me and these many photographs. It's a little spooky. It's Halloween month. I love the the metal anglerfish. That's the one I always look at when I'm here. Oh, that's a uh, that we just got that. You know where we got that? Speaking of D and D, we got that in the home of Gary Gygax. Wait, you just got that? I know I've seen it before. I, I was I was that here was, a couple months ago. Okay, that's when you would have seen okay, it because we I, got it about I, a year ago. Because I'd feel like a in real Lake Geneva big weirdo if I was making up having seen it in your house. <laughs> that would be weird. Or you had seen it somewhere else and was like, oh, that looks familiar. Oh, you got it as well? Yeah, we got it in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, home of the guy that invented uh, D&D. One of several people who invented D&D. One might even say that he co-opted it from several other people. However, well, I do appreciate what Gary Gygax did for the Dungeons & Dragons community <laughs> and of my little... <laughs> Clarifying. Oh my God, that is welcome to the drunk forest. <laughs> it's no, one of those things where guess I, who I, I'm obsessed and love uh, everything he did, but then like all these articles will come out where they'll, you'll find out like, oh, it feet was a clay. very collaborative yeah, process. Yeah. So. Feet of clay, feet of clay. And uh, the fact that he was the lead singer in the band. Ex- well, he gets, that's exactly how a good he, metaphor would yeah, be. He yeah, gets, he gets all the credit and probably all the girls. Oh, Lord, I wouldn't that know seems, such things. That seems unlikely. <laughs> I just, I've seen photos. I saw his house where he grew up. It, uh, Andy know. was like, why isn't this a museum? And I was like, I'm sorry, Indiana Jones. It isn't a museum. It's uh, a house that people live in. So, but you uh, DM for Dungeon Master for Nerd Poker I with sure Brian do. Posehn. and yes. um, was just on talking about heavy metal. Right there. And, that is how it goes. Uh, that's, that's how heavy metal sounds in my brain. <laughs> Actually, this is how heavy metal sounds Sweet, in my bed. sick solo. <laughs> That's how it sounds. But I know there's more to it now, because Brian Posehn uh, took the time to explain. And it was lovely. And now you also are writing for your... It's, it's for the digital arm of D&D, the D&D Beyond. Wiz- so Wizards of the Coast. Wizards of the Coast. Uh, it, it's called D&D Beyond. D&D, they, D&D Beyond, Beyond is um, a, an arm of a company called Fandom. They run a lot of the like pop culture wikis out there, and D and D Beyond runs like the digital tool set for Wizards. Oh, okay. So they have like the thing online, yeah, which, which I'm sure you've used at some no. point. No. Oh, the wiki. No, you don't know what I'm talking about anymore. I've lost you in, no, you, in, in it, the labyrinth. A, so no. it's it's like I've weeded off. I'm so, so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's what it's what I I wish existed mm-hmm. when I first started playing D and D, which is like you go into a website and you. You, you can roll up your stats with physical dice or you can just type them in, but like it, it'll make your character sheet into a PDF real easy. You have access oh, okay. to all the books on the internet. Can that you can enter it manually? Uh, yeah. Because I think that... There's like manual and here, you can, Here's what you need to know about the many they D&D call them games. Arrays. Oh, the many D&D games that I've played. Um, I have been uh, handheld through the character process. Yes, which uh, I think is nice. Which is uh, uh, beautiful and the only way I would have done it. So it's why Andy made the hero instant was so that uh, I could make a character in an instant. He created a, a tabletop RPG game so that we could play more often. Oh, Sadly, that's awesome. I, I'm not playing as much. Uh, but he has found many other people who just like to also make a very quick... Uh, he used one of mine, Firebike Mike. It was Mike who had a bike and he could uh, control fire. So, Firebike Mike 
great character. <laughs> you now, know, instant.com. You have been on my Dungeons and Dragons podcast, Nerd mm-hmm. Poker. Yes. Uh, you've been in four bonus episodes. Yes. Uh, with Guy Mansplain, who you had no no need to have me help you make. You had used him in other adventures before. No, it was uh, Gaston Mansplain. Gaston Mansplain. Oh, my God. And thank the you. thing about Gaston Mansplain is Andy helped me make uh, Gaston oh. Mansplain. And, but he might use that website, but we play that's, that's like the, possibility. the longest game that I am in. We've been playing it since uh, 2003 or 2004. And we are gods, essentially. We are like 17th level banana heads. Uh, and we wander the earth. And yeah, um, that happens. Right. And so, but it is funny because when I don't know what I'm doing, I just ask one of these gentlemen who started playing when they were 13, <laughs> right. and they have swallowed all of the books, and they could go, mm, I either know that, or I'm about to tell you in about a heartbeat as we go to page 412, and then we go down to yeah. this. And so they're very good at it, and it's it makes the game so much fun, because I can just essentially be in the game. And then they love to read those books, so we all win. And because... Uh, there's um so you did you play when you were 13 yeah i played a little bit younger than that and then i played on and i mean it was tough because i didn't know any other nerds i was pretty socially isolated till college so like i there was a lot of just like moments where i tried to play and did you do a lot of book reading of it yes yes so mostly i just read like the monster manual front to back each edition for 20 years there you go i was in other i was in like i would want to say like a total of a dozen games before i was 18 but like most of them involved me showing up talking about Dungeons and Dragons and no one ever playing because it was too weird. Right. And, uh, and very complicated. And uh, Oh, it's so complicated. And like when you're 10 and a bunch of 10-year-olds are trying to play, like you just talk about swords and someone picks up a stick. Like it's right. not I, really. Andy's run a couple of games for kids. and um, I play with my daughters, yeah. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. Because, I mean, but they need... They need structure and they need someone to, to sort of prod them along. But they thoroughly enjoy it. And um, yeah, yeah. My, my daughters are very good at improvising and want to dungeon master. And it's hard because I, I'm like, well, you can you can dungeon master, sure. And in the back of my head, I'm like, oh, there will be no structure to this one. No, no. No, this is, <laughs> this is a, just a, a free-for-all of, uh, oh, you walked into that, that woods and that's where, and you're like. Yeah, they're like better at story than I am. They're mm-hmm. like more creative than I am, but like. Zero structure. Right, right. But, and I do like... <laughs> what should uh, we roll nerd here, Dad? Poker, yeah. Nerd Poker is actually quite fun. And everyone can listen to Nerd Poker on your various platforms, I assume. Correct, and then we're you on have everything. a Patreon, too. We have a Patreon where we have uh, bonus episodes. Like uh, last month, we had Paul F. Tompkins come and play with us fun. on bonus episodes. But we have like a main adventure. And I write all of it. I, I write the story. They, wow. I homebrew a lot of the monsters and stuff like that. It's a good time. And then, and then you also do very good writing outlet. Yeah, yeah. And then D and D Beyond, mm-hmm. where and I do then like you have and a, articles. Right, and then you uh, co-host a, a stand-up show every week. I do here well, in Los Angeles once a month. Once a month. Once a month. Okay. So there's this really cool space called Geeky Teas and Games in Burbank, which you Andy loves. Oh it. my god, they sell uh, gaming supplies. They have a bunch of tables and uh, party rooms where you can play. He's done play testing galore. Oh, there. So people will go to play Ticket to Ride. They'll do all mm-hmm. sorts of stuff in addition to Dungeons and Dragons, and they have Harry Potter merch and all that nerd sure. stuff. But then in the back, there's this showroom. Like a black box theater. It's a black box theater. It looks very much like the old Meltdown space, except actually much cleaner. And uh, it's, sure. <laughs> it's Right. Great. It's not a hundred years old, which so, is what Meltdown was. Right. And so my best friend, Taya, and I, she's someone I've known from Chicago sketch and stand up for 15 years. Cool. Uh, she and her husband moved out here recently. And so uh, we started this show. We both run open mics there, too. But we have a monthly show there called The Filling. And we... Yeah, we bring in. We have, there's one tonight. This is recorded in the past, significantly. Right in so. the past. 
So it, the, the one for October. Is, and you've is, been in it? You know. I've done it. It's been great. Is there room tonight, by the way? <laughs> is there? Yeah. Uh, uh, I would it is love very packed. It's, it's very packed. packed. Uh, I'm doomed. Anyway, but uh, I've, I've, I've already put out a feeler to uh, the flappers to see if I can get a set. Cause, uh, How I long a set are we talking? Just five to seven. I'll talk to Tay about it. We, we, you look into it. Look yeah, into yeah, yeah, yeah. it. All right. And uh, we just fit hi in. Guys. Yeah, it's, it's our longest lineup we've ever had. So oh, it's, really? a, it's a matter of like, will Taya have uh, a panic attack if I if I run it? But I'm oh, sure right, she right. won't because we love you. And, right. And whatever happens, it's all cool. And just think, uh, somebody might cancel. <laughs> well, God, of course they will. That's happened at least four times. There you go. And um, we are ten minutes in. To a vital discussion even, time. It's probably in the episode title, so everyone knows it's coming, and they're all like, they've talked about Dungeons and the Dragons for 10 The expanded universe of yes. Star the Wars. The Wars of Stars. The, the, the expanded universe. Um, what does that mean? Uh, can I walk you through from the beginning? Yes, please so, do. <laughs> so this idea of there being canon and a universe for intellectual properties is old in that, like, you know, Tolkien did it. Um, you know, uh, Frankenstein had sequels a long time ago. Like it's not, it's not, not like a Wait, new Shelley idea. Shelley wrote no, no, to the movies. Oh, you know, James Whale busted okay. out some extra content. <laughs> I was like, for what the, happened for the kids? But like, uh, you know, no, but like the Silmarillion, I think, is a good example of just like how you can take what was originally a one kids book and just blow it way out with just notes, <clears throat> right? And lore and short <laughs> right. stories all mashed together. Sure, and um. So when, Although, of course, he wrote it first. Yes, and infamously, anyway, yes, infamously, George Lucas made the first movie having no plans to make sequels. Later, he told everyone he always had a, a whole universe in his yeah. head, but no, no, like, no. We all we all saw it. We all know. <laughs> we all know that it was a cowboy movie that he's stuck in space. Exactly. And, uh, it was a. And thank you for doing it because I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, he he took um, you know some samurai movies, some Joseph Campbell books, and a spaghetti western, and just kind of mashed it all together. I saw a space. movie called The Viking that had the battle scene from Empire Strikes Back that was almost shot for shot. Um, yeah, and if you watch the old Kurosawa movies, like Throne of Blood, you'll just be watching. You'll go, "Oh my god!" Like there's so many moments, it was, shot for shot. It was um, the Kurt dro- Douglas, the, the Vi- It was called the Vikings, and it was a Kurt Douglas movie. And um, he loses his arm, and he falls, and he holds on <laughs> with the other arm, mm-hmm. and then he lets go. And uh, yeah. you're like, "What? Well, just wait." Wait a minute, 1957. Uh, yeah, seems about right. It's it's so weird when. <laughs> so you, the main universe is those three movies. I think. So. Well, it's let me put it this way: the, the 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 there is no real main universe anymore. It's gotten too complicated. Okay. I, I because I was born in 1978 to two nerds. Mm-hmm. I I was sucked into weaned, it very fast. I weaned on it. I saw Return of the Jedi in the theaters in '83. Um, and then immediately demanded to see the other two movies. <laughs> my parents thought it would be too scary, and I went with my uncle. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, I came back going, "It was amazing!" And then um, <clears throat> by absorbing the other two on, on VHS or Laserdisc sure. or PBS replay or whatever it was, I was like, "Okay, I, I even though I just saw Jedi first, I'm reorganizing it in my head. I'm keeping track of the story. I'm making it like I saw the first one first, even though it came out before I was born by a year. And like, do you ever read that book, Splinter in the Mind's oh, Eye? Let's get into the actual expanded universe <laughs> with that example. So, the first movie right was written by the same dude who wrote Splinter in the Mind's Eye, Alan I read, D. Foster. So, I like, re- I, re- I read it uh, when it came out, 
And I was so pleased. It is uh, the first expanded universe Star Wars. Oh, really? Thing. Yes. It's the first spinoff of anything that yes. wasn't Lucas. Yes. Okay. So, like, there's this thing that you and I will remember. Uh, folks of a certain age, our age, will, will know this. Um, there's this thing before video games, before streaming networks, before universes existed. You... Can I swear on this one? Fuck it, eh? Live you it up. You fucking soaked up novels, uh, novelizations of movies. Like, I remember I saw Spaceballs, and then I was like, <laughs> where's that novelization? <laughs> I saw I saw the Warren Beatty, Dick Tracy, and just soaked up that oh, novelization. There, there that was a good novelization allowed, for a dumb movie. There were movies I wasn't allowed to see, but I was allowed to read the novelization. Yes. And it's so wonderful. And, and, and Alan Dean Foster, when he wrote the Star Wars novelization, yeah. it said it was written by George Lucas, but he ghost wrote it. Okay. And that's why they gave him Splinter of the Mind's Eye. So like the, the novelizations always have a little bit okay. of like stuff that's that not in, right. Because yeah. it, it's so thick. Yeah. It's a it's a thick ass it up. thing, and so I remember when I read I I cheated and I read the novelization of Star Wars Episode One: Phantom Menace before the movie came out, Uh-oh. and I was like, "This is gonna be amazing!" And then when the movie came out, I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> uh, I still liked it, but I was real. I, I I was like so hyper. Joseph Scrimshaw did an so entire episode defending the pre- prequels, that and we won't his. get into that. We should dodge that as much as possible. Although it, really... it is an interesting point to bring up. So like um. The novels and the and and um, something else that I'll say in a second were like the main first steps into making this expanded universe because okay. because when he made Splinter of the Mind's Eye, that was like uh, a failure, and they they assigned other people to write the next novelizations. Yeah. But then there was uh, the Adventures of Han Solo and the Adventures of Lando Calrissian novels that came out after that, right? Um, Which I never read, right? And because then that, and by the way, <clears throat> they're it was okay because Splinter of the Mind's Eye. I loved it and hated it both. Well, what's great about that, The Splinter Mind's mm-hmm. Eye and The Adventures of Han Solo, Adventures of uh, Lando, are they were very pulpy. They were very, and they were very oh, yeah. like, like space western and... Well, very 1967 yeah. where you're just like, okay. And there's all those homages to it in the solo Star Wars movie where you see in the background of that, uh, that crime lord... They, mm. they, there's all these like trophies he has and there's a, oh, okay. bun- there's a bunch of like like uh, there's Easter like a crystal eggy. skull and like yeah. a, a Mandalorian armor suit where you're like oh wait that's or, or um, uh, Lando does like a voice diary of adventures that him and L3 are on and he's okay. talking about uh, the, the, this, the mind harp of, that's from the books and, you're, and so like some of that stuff is, is being brought back and, and those are fun fun books but yeah. But but in a lot of ways, that was just the first round. And then there was the first Marvel comic books that came out after that. Really? Yeah. So, like, Marvel, at first they were writing the story. They were doing, like, the comic comicization just, of the movies. Fair enough. And then they went cra- They went ape shit. Yeah. And they put out tons of issues. They sold super well. And it just went fucking bonkers. In so the 70s? In the, uh, I think, or 80s? 80s, early 80s. Okay. And they did all this stuff. Like, there's this... There's this green rabbit named Jackson, and like all stuff that just doesn't fit. Like 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 knowing now what we can do with Star Wars canon, it's just like woof. And they brought Jackson back. He's like in new comic books and stuff. Like they they, they okay. tried to like recanonize a lot of this old <laughs> stuff because now there's all these people who grew up on it on, and now they're fifty and they're like right. I want to write it back in. Yeah. Right. Um. <clears throat> but so then there's all this other stuff that happened. And I would love to go back because I'm skipping some of my favorite stuff. But, then go back. But the short version is yeah. it, it, the expanded universe as the 80s and 90s went on kind of blew out horizontally. And then um, the prequels happened 
and that contradicted some of it. And okay. so Lucas had to be like, well, I'm doing, you, know, you. I told you to stay away from this area, and I always said I would do these movies. He only said he would do them in, like, the late <laughs> 80s, early 90s. But, like, um, you know, I... I want to get back to that too, kind of, but <laughs> there's so much here. Yeah, and, and I want to, and I want to also just because I know people are listening uh, who who <laughs> we, know more about this than I do because I'm a very forgetful person. Sure, uh, I'm I'm going to try to the touch base on like this stuff. Makes up for right? it. Don't worry so. about it. But like, I'm going to touch on my my the parts that I think are important. Um, so like, then there's like the, the first sort of like culling of the expanded universe in the late '90s, early aughts, where the prequels happen. And Lucas had to be like, well, it doesn't fit with my vision. Right. So this no longer happened, even though it was in the novel. And he and he was letting people just write books and like <laughs> just letting the canon happen. Right. All sorts of he crazy. He wanted to buy land. Crazy bonkers yeah. stuff happened in the 80s and 90s. And then those movies happened. And then Disney got the rights. Mm-hmm. Lucas decided he wanted to make other That was relatively recent, wasn't yes. it? Yes. Yes, it was like 2007. No, later? No. Um it was it was maybe But it was 2000, in the 2000s. 2009, 10 even. But like it was it was yeah, yeah. I mean, it was when we thought Star Wars was basically done or that right. Lucas might make some more bad movies. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> sorry, sorry if you like the prequels. Away. I love the prequels when I watched them the first time and my daughter uh, my oldest likes them and I'm I'm there, there's to- room in my heart for them, but they're to me they're like bad movies that I love. So I well, and that and it doesn't it doesn't matter. It's I mean the thing is is they're made for the children that they're made for, yeah, and, and they, they just, get to watch, them, yeah, exactly, and they get to like them. And I can, it's I believe Joseph Scrimshaw's point was something that I think one of my brothers is my brother my brother Russ will often say if a movie has one good scene in it, that's a good movie, and you're like that is a low bar, my friend. But like the Dar- the Darth Maul fight. Yeah, that's an amazing fight. It is that's super and, fun. And uh, Ray Park, the guy who was the he did he did the the body like yeah. actual actual Darth Maul. I mean, Peter Serafinowicz did the voice. Like that combo was just really intense. And I I mean, then the complaint is why didn't they use Darth Maul more? Right? Why did they do the? Why, why would did, they kill him? Right? Why I would mean, they do that? And then he came back. On and the then solo he came movie. back. Uh, well, and didn't he come back I in the cartoons? Liked. I liked it. Yeah, he did. He was in okay. he was in the Clone Wars cartoons. So I'll back up one more time. Yeah. Like once Disney took over, um, they completely wiped clean everything and said, before we took over, none of that expanded universe ever happened. <laughs> right. I remember at that. all. It's I all fake that. now. Or, or, right. or legends, as they call it. So like, uh, so I thought that was awesome. Because I'll go back now and I'll talk. I'll talk about some of my favorite expanded universe stuff. Yeah. Most of which happened before the culling. Yeah. The great culling. The great of culling of 2011 or whatever. But yeah. like, um, there's so much good stuff before that. But there's too much, and I couldn't keep track. Of it. I'm and I and as much, forgetful as I am, I am someone who loves to keep track of what is canon, and I love that there's an idea of canon. Oh, okay. And Lucas was just kind of like letting people run with stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's all sorts of stuff like uh, Luke Skywalker falling in love and having babies that did make me kind of go like, nah, I don't that. When I was a kid, I kind of loved how just sort of androgynous and like focused on right. on heroism Luke was, and it was right. kind of weird. Like Mara Jade is the woman he fell in love with and had a kid with in the nineties. Oh, in, in Timothy Zahn's Heir to the Empire trilogy, which is uh, a, which is a huge deal. And so know, I love I love that trilogy, but I was also like like that part was in the nineties. Uh, all of my nephews and nieces were reading different series, and I tried to read. 
I read all of the Dragon. I read fourteen of the Dragonlance books. Which uh, <laughs> hell yeah, that's Those were uh, so good. The first nine were. Did you read good. Uh, Forgotten Realms too? Did you ever go like Pools of Radiance or? Uh, uh, that sounds vaguely okay. familiar. There's and then the... so that was my nephew Paul. Uh, when Salmon was was reading, he was reading the Star Wars books, and he read like thirty of them. And I was like, no, I I lasted. I got four in, and I was I had to let it go. So the big, the big, the big thing that kind of say so the 80s, when Solo yeah. went into the academy because uh, yes. he wanted to, uh, he wanted to be a stormtrooper. Yes, <laughs> I loved. By the way, as much smack as I just talked about the prequels, I loved Solo, uh, the Solo movie uh, that that came out. Um, I really thought it was oh the Lando a, movie. It was. That's it, what it I think. Should it, have been the Lando movie. Yeah, because he was amazing. Well, right. Like, like I, I really loved the solo movie, but I really felt also like they should have made it the Lando because, because, because. Yeah. Oh my God, Lando Donald, was Donald Glover, fucking killed that. Knocked it out of the park. He was sexy as fuck. As and he, fuck. It was. It was alarming. And and L three <laughs> was my favorite droid I've ever seen in a Star oh Wars gosh. movie. Yeah. I, Phoebe Waller Bridge has already proven her worth to the world at this point. But it, we talk about <laughs> underutilized. And like, I I really felt like if they had been the center of the movie, better. But like, but, but oh yeah. But there's um. But that's fine. Yeah. Uh, I forget why I brought that up, uh, but <laughs> so so you were reading all of the books yes. and seeing and and and, yes. and wallowing in in the joy that was that canon and and eighties the eighties were kind of a clusterfuck for expanded universe. There was stuff that happened, but it was mostly like the Marvel comics, and right. then the Ewoks had their own animated series and TV movies. Oh, really? And then the droids had their own animated series, and that was like canon. It was like what it was the Star Wars you could have, and that was when Wait, I was like a kid. C three PO and R two D two, and it was weirdly animated. It was interesting, and in my opinion, decent, but it hasn't aged that well. It's very cartoony, and yeah. like, um, even though it's good and I like it, mm -hmm. like I, I showed like five minutes to my daughters, and they were like, "What is even?" <laughs> Because it, it 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 feels like it was definitely made in the same era as like the Smurfs and the Snorks and right. like the Gummy Bears cartoon, like possibly it's, that Doctor Strange movie. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah it's so. it's 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 fun, but it's like in the, it was it was one of those weird things where I was aging at this rate and time when a lot of people were falling out of love with Star Wars, mm -hmm. and I, I and I was just dwelling on it. <laughs> like people were like, "Oh, Star Wars is that weird thing." Like when I did when I did Last Comic Standing, it was right before Force Awakens came out, and I remember I did a Star Wars joke, and Norm Macdonald was like, "What? What? What is? What are you even talking about? This old weird '70s movie? No one cares about. What do you? What is it called? <laughs> Star Trek? Like it was? Uh, it was like watching. It, it was. It was like what it was like in the '80s, right? To be a Star Wars fan, I remember I had like a Return of the Jedi T-shirt in like 1990. Mm -hmm. And and a kid was like, "What is that?" Like like there was there was this weird kind of just sort of we forgot right. what this was. Well, moment. The, yeah, there was definitely a there was definitely a, a fading away of it. It was weird that that you just because there were plenty of people that I knew who just kept it up, you know. Yeah, but it was not. I don't think it was in the bigger sense of the society. Like I think it, no. it did slow down a great deal. And movie movies all had a lot of like their own fandoms at that point. I, I remember like people always wanted to be the next Star Wars and thought it was likely and possible because Star Wars was done. And so, like, it right. was someone else's turn. So, that, to right. me, there, there was this feeling the of, The last like, Starfighter was going to yeah, do it. Yeah. You know, or Starman. Yeah. Um, and it was... But Star Wars was, like, buried, and so everyone was like, whose turn is it? Who's right. Who's going to make the next big epic uh, fantasy space opera thing? Right. 
And then, um, so then those those novels, the Timothy Zahn, Heir to the Empire trilogy, yeah, uh, kind of brought it back before the prequels even happened in the early oh, really? 90s. So okay. like, so like there was like a resurgence of novels in the in the mid 90s because of this series, and um, it's very popular. Mara Jade is uh, this character who she ended up marrying Luke, but she started kind of evil. She was like the hand of the emperor. Oh, okay. So like the emperor was like this weird ghosty clone bullshit. Oh, I'm not yeah, even going to yeah. get into it, but like <laughs> the idea of the emperor being in Rise of Skywalker coming yeah. out is not a new idea. Like no. in, the, in the expanded universe, he like came back via a clone and all this <laughs> stuff. But Mara Jade was like um, a, a sort of weird mercenary Jedi okay. type. Um, she was in touch with the Force, and but she was more like an assassin. And then she became a good Jedi and married Luke. Oh, okay. And she's, she she was invented in the Timothy Zahn trilogy, and then um, he also people call the heir to the Empire trilogy the Thrawn trilogy because he invented this other character who's actually been recanonized in all these Disney. Oh, because they series. liked him. Yeah, he's yeah. very popular. Called uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn. Okay. And so he's this weird race called the Chiss. And they're okay. these blue-skinned, red-eyed people. Okay. And it was a big deal for him to be in the Empire because <clears throat> there was this theme that has kind of been let go that the Empire was ultra-racist. Yeah, they were white supremacists. They were, they were supposed to be like an analog yeah. for Nazis in yeah, a lot yeah. of ways. And <clears throat> that's kind of been let go. And there's kind of been this idea of like inclusion within the Empire being important. And I... <laughs> I'm not going to really get into whether I th- I'm I'm too straight white cis to act like I have a, a an actual uh part in that uh discussion but it, it used It's a to- weird thing for them to do. I think be- maybe because the stormtroopers have been um well, they've vilified. They, well, they I do think it was an interesting slash good choice to have this black stormtrooper be basically uh, a child slave and like forced into becoming a stormtrooper, and that's why he that's fails. Why, right, right. The, so the, that's the brainwashing and the yeah. and the and the capturing. So for that child. reason, it's it and makes numer- sense. And he's but... just numerical. And um, what was yeah. his name in the movie? Finn. Finn. That's it. Because it was. Uh, yeah, I haven't. I've I've only seen the movie three times. And it's been <laughs> it's been years. <laughs> I've seen it like it's, five or six. It's yeah. sitting in that <clears throat> in that case. <laughs> so so like. For for this guy, this chiss, this blue skin dude to be in the Empire was a huge deal, mm-hmm. and he was. It's called the heir to the Empire because, in a sense, he's he takes over this old fleet of star destroyers. Okay. And after the Emperor disappears, he's sort of running the fleet, like the remaining army. Okay. And he's this. Uh, there, his race, but also him, are known for being these very intense. Uh, ruthless strategizers and so like he's winning all these pocket wars even though he doesn't have like a centralized government to report to okay um he has these things i think they're impossible to pronounce out loud so if i get this wrong who gives a fuck but they're called like i think assimilari he has these weird fuzzy salamanders that he has like evil supervillain cats and they, they block the force so like jedi can't read his mind or oh my like God. find his ship because he's, he's got these Magneto's fucking, helmet. Yeah, but and, they're but they're like furry salamander aliens. And he holds them in front of mm-hmm. him instead of putting him on uh-huh. his head. Well, no, they they do crawl on him a little bit. Oh, there you go. <laughs> they do. Why but like, they? but but yeah, like, and so he was really popular because he was so unique and different. And um, he was the first time in the Empire you see anyone besides basically a British dude, right? Right. 
Uh, and um, <laughs> although in my head he was British, yeah, <laughs> he was a <laughs> British like racist, yeah. But like uh, he, you know, was in that trilogy, and and um, they made like action figures of him and Mara Jade. They were like the first expanded universe action figures. Oh wow! And they made more. There, there's um. There's the Dark Empire storyline. There's all sorts of crazy stuff that started happening in the 90s right before everything started to get chopped down. Yeah. Um, some video games started coming out. Like, because video games didn't really have the technology to have a good story. But then in the 90s, they started to. And so there's all this stuff like um, Kyle Katarn is a character that came from it. Um, there's the Jedi, like... Uh, outcast games okay there's the rogue squadron games where there's a lot of wedge antilles if you like that wedge antilles fighter pilot stuff (laughs) the 90s was a boon for him and um yeah it was it was there's a lot of really cool stuff Uh, my favorite stuff happened in the uh the mid to late 90s and in the early aughts which is old republic stuff okay i really felt like when whenever i would get kind of like queasy in my tum tums mm-hmm. it's when it's when a writer would try to take a lot of creative license with sort of the core morality or heart of an existing movie character okay um it, it they for t- example for example uh luke skywalker getting married having babies han, okay. han and leia's children becoming jedi mm-hmm. like that's fine i don't i don't i can live with it but something about it just feels like well give me the movie instead like why 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 are you it feels a little bit like not not corporate monetizing cheap but kind of creatively like uh I don't need this. Well, here's what I think that that feels like in my mind. Like more so is than there's... the new movies. Like the new movies you can have anything happen to Luke cuz it's a movie. I get to see Mark Hamill again and that, Right, it's and it's fine. fine. It's all good. But that the, bothers some people. It's the novels and the comic books and stuff when that happens it makes when, me feel weird. What what I don't like when when characters like heroic characters or whatever, they get married, they have kids, uh they grow old, they die. That feels like a publisher thing. Write one more book. Yeah. Write one more book and you're like Leave, yeah. the Master Harper of Pern, I would like him to be alive forever <laughs> yeah. in the Dragon Riders of Pern. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. want to watch the thirtieth And McCaffrey, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. It's Get thirteen into it. books later. Uh we don't need to watch someone die of old age. No. I, I'm good. No. I want him to be quippy until uh then you just go further back stop, in time. Stop trying to turn the last episode of Six Feet Under and into an entire novel. To an and then they did the same thing with Lois McMaster Bujold, where Errol Vorkosigan uh, dies of old age, and you're like, dude. And then, because I do understand creating a new generation of characters right. to go on adventures, which is what one of the things that I think did very well with the new trilogy. Yep. And one of the things that I feel like, especially I that really war hope movie. they take advantage of. Oh, Rogue One? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was an amazing movie. Oh, it was movie. so good. It was so good. I wept during the ending, and it was the first... I was, I, I, I could not believe I was crying. Yeah, I yeah. was like, I was like... Because uh, like, the whole movie, it is kind of dispassionate. I was in shock I, yeah, at the I, end of it. I was like, no, no, of course there's some of the... Oh, wait. Yes, the sacrifice it, yeah. uh, of... <laughs> it freaked me out how it freaked me out. Yeah, yeah. That was pretty great. Because like, I, I, a lot of people complained that the characters weren't likable enough. And I, the whole movie, I was thinking, well, these, this is dark. This is kind of... This is a war movie. But, but but then at the end, yeah. Well, and I don't watch a lot of war movies, so they kind of got me. They kind of snuck right. up on me well, a little and, bit with that shit. Right. But that's... I mean, they, you were like, well, they're all making terrible... light. Like, they're making those compromises yeah, that you make in war yeah. movies. And I assume in war uh but uh that 
that you're like, no, that guy isn't likable at all. They're, they're doing really, really, really good storytelling with the new movies. And, and people who are hurt, I get it. Like a lot, like, you know, Obviously, there's people who are hurt by the new movies in a, in a number of very loudly expressed ways. <laughs> but like the, the way, I love how it gets me. And I, I love uh, there's the scenes that nobody really liked in The Last Jedi that everyone likes to complain about. Which ones? The ones in the uh, casino planet. A lot of people say that's unnecessary, but I thought it was fucking romantic. <laughs> I don't care if Rose and Finn don't fall in love. I right. felt like they're talking about disassembling capitalism right, and like right. they're, they're fucking freeing these animals. There's a moment where they're riding the the animals and then they're like yeah. lost in the cornfields, and I was just like, <clears throat> "This fucking rules!" Like, I would. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the, and and it's the point of all of this, you know, essentially craptastic, awesome storytelling, is to actually have some sort of point. Yeah. And whether that point is right wing or left wing, and because uh, that well, happens too. I have opinions about that. Well, no, no there's movies I don't want to. Wa- you know, when I saw Blue Crush, and the message of Blue Crush, this the surfer movie. It's a stalker surfer movie. Right? I never saw it, but I uh, love it. No, the 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 B plot of the uh, is true happiness is found through corporate sponsorship, <laughs> and uh, you're just like, well, <laughs> that's actually not the lesson. And yeah, I mean, if you watch Lilo oh, and Stitch, it's I did uh, not enjoy Lilo and Stitch. Well, the foster program is broken. Yeah, yeah. It's so you're like shit, and, it's, uh, <laughs> and I was like, why don't you do a movie where you fix it? How about that? That's I mean, and I know that that also is fiction, but I would like to see that movie. <laughs> so, well, and that's okay. So the reason I maybe re- Shazam. Anyway, go. <laughs> uh, the reason I really like the Old Republic stuff, the, yeah, is this, uh, it takes place thousands of years before the trilogy. And you get to you get talk about getting to run away with analogies about governments and people and generations and mistakes. Like they get to go, oh yeah, the force existed thousands of years ago. The outer space travel still existed thousands of years ago. Here's the way all of everybody fucked it up, right? <laughs> and it's so to me just gripping. Um, there and were these, these are still novels. Yeah, so people are still doing it, but I think Disney has been a little careful. Well, about how to bring the old public stuff in because I think they're strategizing how to make a shit ton of money off. They know because because the there's the, there's so much there. Yeah, basically what happened chronologically in the real world. Okay, not the Star Warsy world. Oh, interesting. Is um, Marvel gave up the comic books at one point, so they had those super goofy '80s ones, and then in the '90s, Dark Horse took it over. Mm-hmm. We all know Dark Horse. Dark Horse owned by... Um, I think they're now owned by no. DC, but yeah, I forget, I it's complicated. No, no. If, um, it's Vertigo is they might for be like, sure They might be... DC. Yeah, Vertigo has been absorbed by the DC Amoeba. I'm not sure how the Dark Horse thing works, but I know right. they're separate. Uh, and so Dark Horse uh, got the Star Wars rights and put out what I think is some of the best shit. Um, and they put out these Old Republic stories... About just like the origins of the Sith, there's like this Sith planet called Korriban, and they like these old Jedi who just sort of stumbled on the Force, and I think that's really compelling. Just like people realizing they're they're kind of weird people, and then suddenly able to have superpowers and like slow motion figuring it out, and then having to be exiled to other planets is like oh, okay. It, it was really well done, um, and then uh, I'll, I can go back to that if you want, uh, but but. The, the big commercial success from the Old Republic stuff was the Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic video game that came out in like oh, 2000. Yeah. And then it had a kind of broken sequel because it was um, just too hard corporate-wise to keep the same team together. So the, there's a second game that came out, but the ending wasn't finished. So it's like this really decent game, yep. barely tied together to the first game. 
kind of confusing in parts. And then the ending, like you you go in the Sith temple and clear everyone out and then it's it. Yeah. You, there's no it cinematic. Just it's just like, oh, you cleared them out. They don't even say, oh, you cleared them out. Like you just clear them out in the, in the credits roll. And you're like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> um, and, and it's because they just couldn't keep it together. But the first game had this really cool conceit of um, it's choose your own adventure style role playing. And like you get to explore these planets and run around and you get to decide if you're light or dark. Wow. Decided what gender you are. They're gonna, they're gonna talk to you what based on those that? choices. I think two thousand. Okay. It might have been like two thousand one too. Yeah. But um, that I was kind of capitalizing. Yeah. I think off of the momentum of the people old knew Republic. this old Republic stuff existed, and then eventually they came out with this um, massive multiplayer game called The Old Republic. That's pretty popular, but I didn't at that period of my life being the it's still out. Um, yeah. Didn't have a PC. I've only had Macs, and so I couldn't play it. It's only, right. It's like a PC. I've never been super into the idea that I need to update my computer to keep playing a video game. And, sure. And, and I played World of Warcraft for a long time, and I just sort of burned out because I was like, I don't want to fucking keep having to buy laptops that can run this shit. Right. I just want to have a laptop to write and a TV with a console. That's my yeah. video game consumption and, and computer use. So... um but that, that so that exists too. Like there's still there's there's this weird game called um, just Star Wars: The Old Republic, mm-hmm. and it incorporates some of those Knights of the Old Republic little hints, some of the current canon. And Star Wars and Disney have kind of kept their hands off it without saying it's canon. They're kind of okay. like, oh, it, this game existed before we took over, and it's still around and still releasing patches. So we're right. like not gonna shut it down but none of this counts it's not actually canon and it's unless, a little unless they come up with something amazing the game has been out for like a weirdly long amount of time yeah. now so it seems like it's too late my ad my ad my ad i'm about to do an ad rangers it is another ad for native deodorant that's right nativedeodorant.com is where you go to get 20 percent off your first order and you use the code forest live by a code in this case forest. So native deodorant, I've been using it. It's very delightful. I am using the rose lavender personally because I I don't like smelling like food. I like smelling like flowers if I'm going to smell like something. And it works. Make the switch to a natural deodorant. And it doesn't mean that you have to sacrifice on odor or wetness protection. And know that native deodorant always takes return when you order domestically. They have over 8,000 five-star reviews. They were checked out on the Today Show, Elle magazine, just to name a couple. They have uh, fewer, simpler ingredients, so you know everything that's in the deodorant. Aluminum may be linked to some serious health ramifications, so I have never used deodorant that has aluminum in it. And Native is aluminum-free, safe, and effective. And it comes in a wide variety of scents for men and women, plus they release new limited edition seasonal scents throughout the year. They also offer an unscented formula and a baking soda free formula for those who are sensitive. The classic deodorant scents include coconut and vanilla. That's their most popular scent. I went with the lavender and rose, also very popular. They have a cucumber and mint and they have a eucalyptus and mint. I think next time I will try the eucalyptus and mint. For 20% off your first purchase, visit nativedeodorant.com and use the promo code FOREST during checkout. So let's get back into the show. They could, but don't. there's nothing in it worth, uh, you know You know how like they take the Marvel movies and they take from, from decades, different storylines mm-hmm. from different decades. And um, there's so much stuff in this old Republic and that, and that, and the new, the stuff that isn't canon 
that they could just can't they just cherry pick the different mm-hmm. stories and so great thank you for asking that <laughs> there's a storyline from the 90s in the comic books that is my favorite this is like the whole reason i wanted to do this episode okay and it's 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 in this really insane limbo because the people who created the characters or i think it's the guy who created one in particular who's like the central character still somehow retains the rights to that character. Oh, really? Even though you think George Lucas or Kathleen Kennedy should have these rights locked in a vault with all the other Star Wars shit. There's this character named Nomi Sunrider. Okay. uh, And she is a badass. Okay. And she needs to like have her own movie trilogy, but it's probably never going to happen because it got published in Dark Horse and they gave this guy the rights to Nomi Sunrider. Oh, weird. And um, so... Uh, Nomi Sunrider is this woman who had force powers, and she got trained by this guy called Jedi Master Thon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nomi Sunrider is a human, but she's got kind of like a weird forehead in some of the art. So it's, I'm not exactly what what they're tr- clear what they're trying to say there. Right. So it might just be she's a lady with a big forehead. I'm right. a guy with a big forehead. No judgments. No judgments. But um, <laughs> she uh, she gets trained by this guy, uh, and Thon is a dinosaur. Mm-hmm. This should not surprise you, Jackie. But Thon is uh, this Jedi Master dinosaur that I love. Oh, he's an actual dinosaur. An actual. He looks he, like what they call a protoceratops, which okay. means no horns, but he okay. otherwise looks like a triceratops. So he's got like a beak. Sure. And he's got kind of a beard too, but he's got like a shield coming off the back of his head. Do you know that I just saw cave paintings and I saw a woolly rhinoceros cave painting? I do because un- I listened to your other podcast. And it was unbelievable. Anyway, go ahead. I want. To, I love woolly rhinoceros. I love, I've never I love even wo- heard of a woolly rhinoceros. Woolly ice age animals are bat fuck banana shit crazy, and I love giant sloths and all that stuff. They don't have giant sloths or saber tooth tigers over in uh, Europe, but they have woolly rhinoceroses. They yeah, sloths bears. are like here. Yeah, sloths are here, and uh, and and and, and saber tooth tigers too are here. They don't have saber tooth tigers. They have cave lions and they have cave bears, and then they have woolly rhinoceroses. I've digressed. We go back. Yes, go Thon. Uh, Thon and, and is so, an actual dinosaur who and, is a Jedi right, master. Right, right, right. And they don't Why call him a dinosaur, be? obviously. He's just this <laughs> alien. But he he does um, this thing where he lives on this weird planet full of dark uh, force energy. Mm-hmm. And they, they touch on like the whole inspiration of why Yoda would go to Dagobah, even though this takes place thousands of years in the past. Where he's like, oh, you know, I'm trying to study uh, the force and become stronger by surrounding myself with a challenging negative energy. Wow. Which is just like an artist living in the city. I was immediately like, <laughs> yes, tell me more. Um, and he speaks in this weird, broken, like common tongue. Uh, right. Because he's got a fucking beak for a face. Right. It's hard to, uh, put, you know, he's a little bit of a. Yeah. Yes. And Nomi rides him around, even though he's the master. Okay. Uh, it's crazy. And so she's being trained. Yes. And she becomes a badass. And. Um, a whole series of characters kind of build around her. But what's great about her is she is a strong enough character that you never feel like she's she is um, subject to the whim of a plot. Okay. Does that make sense? That's that's something that kind of like even Luke has to deal with, where Luke 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 the world kind of is unfair to Luke at several points. But but it, it, no matter what happens to Nomi Sunrider, she kind of even if she's heartbroken. Doesn't give a fuck in the end. So she falls in love with a guy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. named Ulick Keldroma. Sure. Who's also a Jedi. Okay. But he's a fucking mess. Okay. And he's got he's got very dashing, uh, like like Andy Ashcraft hair. Like he's got kind of like 
like long bangs and like he, he's okay. like a handsome dude. Okay, he's a Jedi, and he he comes up with his plan to infiltrate the Sith by pretending to be a fallen dark what? guy. But then when he does it, how could that go wrong? He does it all wrong. Like yeah. he, he he pitches it to his friends, and they're like. Don't do that. That's dumb. Yeah. And he's like, mm, but I, well, mm, I don't know. I think I'm smart. And then he uh, he gets like kidnapped and indoctrinated and poisoned and turns actually evil. Sure. And uh, everyone be- saw that coming. Becomes everyone- a Sith Lord. <laughs> and like the guy, and, and that's the thing. Like, but like as much of a fuck up as he is, it's interesting to watch him fuck up in slow motion over right. like ten graphic novels. <laughs> but you see, like Nomi fall in love with him. They have a baby. Um, and, uh, Vima Sunrider. Okay. Uh, surprise, surprise, she becomes a Jedi later. But, uh, uh, they, they, they fall in love and you know he's a fuck up when he becomes evil and Nomi's like, oh boy. Uh, <laughs> but like, it, it's still interesting. Sure. And, and you do, and because, well done. And, if it's well done, it's well done. done. And yeah. like, you've got Nomi. So even when the story, like, you, even when you're reading a series of books that's mostly about Ulick Keldroma and his antagonist, you're kind of like, don't worry, Nomi's going to come in and fix this at some point. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, his sort of, his bad guy that he becomes co Sith Lords with eventually is this guy, Azar Kun, mm-hmm. who's this fucked up Sith Lord dude who found the planet Korriban and like, Corban is this weird Sith planet where everyone looks like a fucking lobster. Okay. And at one point they commingle with humans and become like co-lobster people. <laughs> uh, it's just, it, but it's like this evil force planet, right? And um, and that's just fun, yeah, to me because it's like oh, so there's it's not like the center of all dark, the dark, the dark side of the force is still this thing that's everywhere and permeates everything. And this is still nineties. Is this yeah. or, okay? So all this stuff happens. The long and the short of it is, Ulick uh, gets blinded and is a dies and it's just like of course you died you fucking idiot <laughs> and Nomi Sunrider is, a, is just this like beacon of just like strength mm-hmm. and just just rips uh, bad dudes to shreds and there's these cool giant spaceships that are like exoskeletal space beings that have been reappropriated into travel and they're like half alive and you're like what the fuck is this wow um and it's just it's it's a new take and it's like it's like oh this happened in the past so you can believe no matter how weird this looks as long as there's the force mm-hmm. it's in the same universe and you all this stuff could have just died off over the millennia and eons right and and then like it inspired the video game in the sense that the video game it looks a little more like original trilogy Star Wars, but they have a lot of that, like, this is thousands of years ago, these people are making the mistakes, and there was gonna star as one of the main characters, Nomi Sunrider. Oh, okay. <laughs> she was gonna be in it. Yeah. And then they changed the character's name to Bastila, because the dude wouldn't give up the rights. Ah. Uh, and so that came out, and then that has this, uh, that those video games are great. Okay. Even though the second one's kind of broken, it's, yeah. a, it's a fun time, and there's some fun dark Jedi in there. Um, and there's this assassin droid right. in them that's one of the most famous, you may have heard of him. Which one? Uh, he's named HK-47. HK-47? He, he calls everyone meat bags. Oh, okay. Sound familiar? Right, because there's yeah. flesh bags and meat bags, and then in Dr. Afra, which is the Star Wars yes, one that I'm reading. Yes, you're currently educating me on, too, yeah. Right, because Dr. Afra, I think, might be, you know... She's a bad guy, right? That's what I've well, heard about her. if, um... Remember in Indiana Jones, the French archaeologist? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Essentially, as soon as you said French, I was like, uh, okay. Latrac, what was his name? Um, 
God not dang it. Not Toulouse Lautrec. Uh, it was not Toulouse Lautrec, but I can't remember his name. But the, I don't the um, not an Indiana Jones dork. Uh, I've seen the movies. I enjoyed them greatly. I don't remember. Yeah. So whatever. Oh, then this won't actually. But essentially, Doctor Afra is um, she's an archaeologist, mm-hmm. and her specialty is Jedi weapons and, Je- and Jedi history. But she is also uh, just wants to sell them. To whoever wants to. Sure, yeah, yeah. And so she is mostly concerned with her own with her own life, but she is fascinated by Jedi history. And so she follows these Jedi I'm weapons so and these Jedi. Yeah. She is I have to catch up on the new Marvel books. I've only read uh, a couple of them. The Princess Leia one was amazing as well. I got that for my daughter and I love it. And it was great. And um <laughs> but the, sorry to jump on that. I <laughs> you know for sure. But da- but Dr. Afra, she is the biggest mess there is, and she there are two droids there's triple zero i have seen them on the cover they're like and dark beady. metal and well because they're murder droids they're just they're programmed yeah uh to murder and they are hilarious oh man i gotta get hk47 may have inspired them a little bit i'm I, sure i think he inspired because I think k2so that, and rogue one and 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 i think that the the jedi because dr Afford doesn't have any jedi powers mm-hmm. she is just uh she is just a very good she's han solo essentially to good. some extent cool and she's super cool <laughs> and that's what i that's what it gets me excited is it's not han solo it's a new character yeah it's in the universe maybe she'll bump into han solo but it's right and she has run into darth vader any number of times and she keeps talking her him out of killing her and it's just it's it's a delight. Awesome. Every time she runs into Darth Vader, we're like, oh, well, I guess it's over. And uh, and then she uh, figures it out. But I know that there's at least two or three uh, graphic novels so far. I have to catch up on a lot of the new canon. I've read a few of the, no- the novel novels and, yeah. and uh, actually less of the comic books. My, my, my oldest is into them. She's got the Princess Leia. Um, I read some of the Chewbacca because my buddy wrote um, them. That's uh, neat. And Jerry Duggan, very talented writer, who I'm sure you know. Yeah, he was. He's going to come on. Old nerd poker guy. And uh, yeah, he's. Uh, he, uh, yes. And Jody Hauser wrote the new um, Thrawn stuff. I don't know if you know Jody Hauser. She's writing a lot of the Star Wars. No, that'd stuff. be cool. She's she, writing. yeah, everyone's. Oh, uh, you would love Jody Hauser. Yeah, I'd love. Uh, yeah, I'd love. Uh, yeah. I've been talking to Jerry about doing the show, and Mark Wade just did the show. And oh, his, cool! His dorkdom was Superman, and it was fantastic. But um, have you watched any of the cartoons? The, yeah, yeah, the some series. Of them. Yeah, it's tricky trying to keep track of what. That's like the muddiest canon stuff. Um, my daughter is obsessed with Ahsoka Tano, who Who's is that? in. She's in Clone Wars, and she is in uh, the Resistance. She's she's got she's orange skin and has that weird sort of. Like kind of not not quite the same. They're coney, yeah. They're like double headdress, like okay things. Yeah, um, um, she's a Jedi, and she becomes like. I think Clone Wars came first. Yes, right. Correct. Um, I watched the one after that, and saw the whole season. It was or the whole two seasons. There might be three. I might have missed a they're pretty season, good. but they're pretty good. And uh, there's just so many of them. Right, there's too much television uh, for me to have any part in all the things that are on television, and I'm fine. I, I find um, cartoons hard sometimes. It's, oh, yeah? it's not. It's not that I don't love them. It's just that, like, while I'm watching them, I feel I am being taken to a different demographic. I like. I'm a, very aware of being middle aged while watching cartoons. Well, yeah. Well, I feel. I feel my life force become irrelevant <laughs> as I 
get through each Even episode. Venture Brothers? Uh, a little, well, not as much. I mean, definitely yeah, adult stuff. Because that's made stuff. for... Yeah. yeah. Like, Rick and Morty is, like, different. Yeah, I, it's, it's not quite the same, but even, you know, adult-themed cartoons, I'm still just sort of like... All right. Well, this is an ironic <laughs> statement about animation in some way, but I get right. yeah, 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 yeah. It's not that I'm opposed. No, no. It's and and the movies that I do love have so much CGI right. that um, what's the difference? Right. I'm, I feel like I'm kind of watching a cartoon anyway. All, and and Clone Wars and Resistance are CGI cartoons. So oh, are they? they? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're they're you know they're three dimensional uh, representations. Oh, okay. So nice. Well, so. We haven't gotten out of the 90s, well, and we're at we 50 gotta, minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, so I feel like like if I can recommend anything, it's digging yeah. up those dark horse things as like a, as like a little uh, nugget, because I'm sure tons of people have their own favorite expanded universe thing, and they're like, that's his favorite? But if you haven't found one yet, and you'd like right. to go back, I think, I think I can recommend that pretty strongly. And then... Um, and plus, there are so many different circles. Yeah, and you can get the uh, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, the really good game, the one that's yeah. ultra consistent, and actually, I think, holds up very well. Yeah. Um, on your iPad. Like, you can get it for 10 bucks in the iTunes store. Oh, really? Well worth 10 bucks. I bought it a second time. It's oh. it, it plays great on a uh, tablet. Because it's role playing, you're you're picking combat order in slow motion. It's almost like Final Fantasy fighting, like where it's, oh, okay. 3, it's 3D fighting, and you can play it in real time. But it has a built-in thing where you can pause the combat and pick what your next few actions are going to be like. Okay, with, like a Final nice. Fantasy fight. Um, and um, and HK47 is just he's to me like the the angry droid that makes they made all future angry droids, and he he basically the plot is you're this you're you're a Sith Lord. Yeah. Who gets their memory wiped and wakes up in a med bay, mm-hmm. and you become a hero or a villain, depending on what you choose. Oh, okay. But you find HK forty seven, who also doesn't remember you, but used to be your assassin droid. Okay. So you find him with his memory wiped, oh. and you sort of grow together. Oh. He, he will probably stay evil no matter what you choose, and continue to call all flesh sacks meat bags. <laughs> and he has all sorts of really funny lines where he just talks about how great it is to murder people, and they go. Oh, master, I can't wait to <laughs> slit that meat bag open, master. But um, he's so fucking oh, cool. And, yeah, Triple Zero is completely based on that, yeah, for sure. Yeah. and um, But it would make sense that more than one would be programmed. And if you want, and my the one the novel that I really liked that came out recently was Bloodline. Have you read that? It's, no. It's the Princess Leia novel, basically, that came out. It takes place six years before Force Awakens. It's very good. Uh, there are so many, like a lot of these, um, a, a lot of the shows and the movies and stuff. They're like everything takes place after the first movie, after hope, uh, the final, the hope, a new hope. Oh, new, no, new, a new yeah, hope, yeah. right, right after a new hope. I swear they're wait, they're they're gonna go old school. Mm-hmm. This Disney, the Disney stuff has been really fun and brightly colored. Like I, I think all of it, I feel very comfortable waiting until I have a vacation to start catching up on some of that shit. <laughs> but like, uh, yeah, I. I don't know why they're waiting to cash in some of that. Did you, have you been Star to the stuff. Disneyland yet? No, no. I've I've heard from many people. Brian Posehn was just uh, was just there crying. You know, oh. <laughs> many many Instagram photos of Posehn weeping in the Millennium Falcon. Just very psyched, and uh, Tommy Ryman and um, and his wife went and they bought both a droid and lightsabers for each other. Oh, and they're like, man. we 
essentially spent all of our Christmas and birthday monies for two years. Well, you know what? Because they're yeah. expensive, right? I, I did take my daughters to Disneyland when it was starting to happen. They hadn't opened the place yet, but but they got to do the Jedi training thing mm-hmm. where they they like got on stage and fought Darth Vader and Kylo oh, cool. Ren, and it was really fun. They it was so efficient and well run, just like bam, 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 get oh, up there with thirty other kids, and they had a blast. It's a cl- it's a classic Disney. You know, like when, when when you go to Harry Potter Land, it's kind of a mess, and uh, but they because they but it's the best yeah, run just, of any Universal thing ever. They just went to the London one with their mom, and they 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 thought it was amazing. There's a, there's a London Universal as well. Yeah. Okay. Oh as my well, God. there ought to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because uh, I've been to Orlando and I've been to this one, so uh, very pleased. But uh, the. Uh, <laughs> um, we have season tickets to this one. We've gone to breakfast at the Three Broomsticks twice. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I oh man, it's just fun. my daughters have my my. Well, actually, that's not true. One daughter does not have a wand. The other has uh, three. Three wands. I have two, <laughs> but only one of them has the RFID. So uh, yeah, my oldest is obsessed with Hermione and has the Hermione everything, and then has also a Luna Lovegood wand, and I think a third one that's just like hers. Oh right, yeah, just a nice. My daughter's named Nova, and I think it's just like the Nova wand. Or oh, something. very yeah. cool. Nova's a great name. It is great. Well, it's short for novella. Also. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, Dan Nerd, Telfer. Nerdy kids. We have been talking for low this. Uh, by the way, does everyone know that we're talking to Dan Telfer? We really went it's in the into a title. rabbit. We went into a rabbit hole for sure. I hope I covered enough for nerds who know about this stuff. It feels like there's oh, got to be. Oh, I think that there's, this is definitely some corners. You're doing it. Do you feel like I, it's is a, this a yeah, good door for, I Nerd feel, poker. Yeah. D&D <laughs> Beyond. And uh, and the filling yeah, is a and, stand-up show. And I'm is trying there, to tour more. I'm, and you're trying to tour more. Yeah. So if you follow you on Instagram and Twitter and all yes. the things at Dan Telfer, you yes. can see where he's performing. I wish you would. And do you have a dantelfer.com? Uh, it lapsed for two seconds and was purchased by some weird aluminum siding company. Maybe yeah. you should be mad at your father about this. I don't know uh, what happened. Too, I, I don't have any room to be mad at him anymore. No, but I just, just put, so I just much put it on social media. Yeah. So. yeah, so it's fine. So, But uh, find Dan Telfer, uh, for he is a delight. Thank you for doing the program. Thank you so much for having me. All right. And you know the rules out there, Rangers. Take care of each other. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my God. We, why don't we just call that as the end of the show?